Welcome to episode 30 of the Brand Social Podcast. Today we're talking to Ed from Tinker and Fix. Enjoy the show. Hello, bud. You all right, mate? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, why can't I? Oh, hold on. Speak again? Yeah, mate. I can hear you now. Yeah. You're all right, mate. You look stressed. Oh, I'm just tired. I've just been a fucking dick. <laughs> we can listen to this when he's 18. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, refusing to go to sleep. Which is well, fun. He'll be, he'll be tired later, won't he? Hmm. Mate, you think you've got problems? I wasn't paying attention to the printer settings when I printed the notes off. And that's how fucking big they are. <laughs> I can't oh. even read the fuckers. Brilliant. Fucking hell. That's yeah. hilarious. I have the opposite problem with my printer. So it's like, but it's only ever when I print it from a laptop. So if I print it to my um my printer I'm currently using as like just like my desktop printer for like, you know, printing paper and shit is a is a very posh printer for just printing paper. It's an S uh short color SCP seven hundred. <laughs> um but my other printer died a few weeks ago. Mm. So I've just been like resorted to using this, but whenever I try and print anything from my laptop, it prints it at, like double the scale, and I mm. cannot for the fucking life of me figure out why. This is that whole thing about All the settings are correct. Was that thing about um we, we don't we're not entirely sure what machine what machine uh, Rage Against Machine were angry at, but it was ninety nine percent it was a printer. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> fucking printers man the problem with printers is that they actually have an inbuilt nose and they can smell your fear <laughs> <laughs> like if you're ever in like any sort of i've just noticed what joanna's done <laughs> really <laughs> the iron has got a guest no, i don't know if you see that tiny little pink thing that is a post-it note penis <laughs> Brilliant. That's amazing. <laughs> Hilarious. Um uh yeah, they can they can smell your fear printers. If you're in a rush or anything, they're like, no, not today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You'll move now though. You printed anything at home yet? No, not yet. I've literally just printed out some um some films and realized I hadn't converted it to hundred percent black. Um, which is done so I don't know if you can see. Oh no, yeah, it's, it's like a bit greyish. Yeah, it's not ideal, is it? Very fucking irritating. Yeah, it's lucky as that um, know, transparency uh, paper is really cheap. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll just fucking get some on fucking eBay for twenty p. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> something it works out to like a, a virtually like a quid a sheet, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which is just mental. That's why you need to charge your screens. <clears> I worked out my my. Dakota screen is like I get I get 30 screens out of a little kilo tub. And Are that's you? like yeah. I don't get that much. Hmm. I get 30. I think I'd probably get about 20, maybe 25 at a push. I mean it depends on mesh count as well, but yeah, yeah. Well most mo- yeah, most of my stuff is like 55 up. But yeah, I'm getting about I'm getting about 30. Hmm. So what coating are you doing? Just one one. Yeah, that's all I'm doing. Are you using the sharp side or round side? Yeah, sharp side. Oh, I use round side. 
No, no, I'm not around. I, I know you're obsessed with round things, given the shape of your head. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the round side. I just want to get a get a better deposit of ink. No, I like the. Yeah, well, I suppose that's not really so much of an issue with plastisol, though, is it? Mm. Like really, like you can you can get away with a slightly thinner EOM. Mm. Such fucking nerds, aren't we? Yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The listeners will just tune out. I am, um, yeah. Hello, and it's not it? it's not really relevant to the guests we've got on either, is it? So we can't even continue the conversation. No, but weirdly, because of the, the shit that with the, with the guests we've got coming and the sort of stuff he does, the shit that I do generally and how I live my life, I'm like prepared for this just by wearing what I'm wearing and the shit I have in my pocket. So I've just dumped my pockets <laughs> onto, the, onto the desk. And it's actually uh, quite frightening how much stuff I didn't even realise I carried them up because I just like, it just gets transferred from trousers is to this trousers. Um, is this the guy from the porn industry we've got coming on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dildos, are, dildos are us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, cool. So, um, yeah. I need to do a like and subscribe, don't I? Yeah. I'm going to come up with one. Have to. Yeah, I want to. Fuck you. Okay. Fuck the listener. Right. Here's a... <laughs> listener, if you don't like and subscribe, I'm going to come and I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> it will be the worst seven seconds of your life. <laughs> oh. oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh. oh. I can just see Paul Man. smashing that like button now. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody love me. <laughs> oh, oh. I feel like we've just ripped Paul on the last uh, last few. He did. He did message <laughs> me saying thanks for the shout out about his new wallet, and he said that he tried. Yeah. To, he tried to actually use the um, the builder's clamp as a uh, as a as a wallet, but he couldn't fit it in his trousers. And I said he needed a pair of those. Um, remember those Jinko jeans with the fucking yeah. huge pockets on the back of them. <laughs> <laughs> he said he's gonna get a he's gonna get a pair for the next time we all meet up. Nice, nice. Yeah. Change it, change it up from his fucking shorts all year round. Yeah, he's basically a postman, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. All the postman. Bless him. I've finally emptied, picked up, and collected all the ink from that other studio. Mm. Uh, I have like a lot of ink, <laughs> like probably <laughs> realistically more than I will ever use in my lifetime. Um, um, could you check something for me then? Yeah, <laughs> because in the uh, in the new setup, obviously, um, I'm a, a little bit more um, confined to the amount of stations I can actually use. Mm. Um, so, and I've got a fairly big run of shirts coming up, four color, mm. um, with base. Um, so base. I need. Um, I ideally don't want to do it as water base just because it's going to take me an age and i'm going to be stressing about it on a single what, station what ink do you need so shall i read out the pantimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah text them to me as well <laughs> yeah so i need a 321c 124c and 207c i think i have all of those i'm not sure what box they're in i think i've got like a kilo of each of those brilliant i've also got um, two catch bins um <laughs> uh yeah two trolleys it's got fucking loads of stuff, mate. I took one of the lids off. I was checking all the, making sure they all matched the, the the stickers on the outside. I took one of them off, and it was an old pot of discharge ink, and it had mm. gone like something in it had gone rotten. And honestly, oh, I could I couldn't see for like th- genuinely couldn't see for like thirty seconds afterwards. Opening, I was like, "What's that?" And I was like, 
fuck and i just stepped back and i was like well yeah i'm i'm blind now that's it this is this yeah, is my life you now probably, you probably knocked 10 years off your life yeah probably yeah. yeah yeah so by that account i will be dead in approximately 12 minutes <laughs> <laughs> if you come back next time you just have growths on your head yes and the fucking formaldehyde that's I, come out of that i look like the um the the fish from the simpsons <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what his name is. Fishy, fishy, oh. wishy, some some shit like that. Fish twat. Oh, yeah. I'll have a, I'll have a look tomorrow. I mean, it's, in, it's it's it, it is in the right state, so I need to go through it all. But yeah, I will have a look tomorrow. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I can do it water based. It's just uh, make it easier with pass all because I don't don't have to do it in one run. Because mm. I mean, the thing is, because I'm at home now. Um, I'm going to be obviously printing a lot more, but I'm also going to have Ellis a lot more. Mm. So I, some jobs I am going to have to like be able to pick up and put down. Yeah. So I'm 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 going to invest in a, a plastic mixer system. It is it's something that I've wanted to do for a while anyway. I know we've spoken about it before anyway. Mm. Um, I just haven't fucking got around to it. The ICC one is supposed to be the dog's bollock, so. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's, uh, the mm-hmm. other shop, that's what I print with. It's fucking mm-hmm. awesome stuff. Really, really mm-hmm. good stuff. Um, but um, but then again, I really like the Rutland inks as well, like Rutland and Union and that. So That's that's the PMS system I've got now with the... Mm-hmm. Um, one I do, do really want to try, and I don't know whether it's like, it's one of those ones that it's just because I haven't tried it or I haven't seen many people over here using it as Wilflex. Yeah, they I don't apparently know. have a really good water based system as well. Who's a retailer for Wolflex, though? Uh, Calenso, I think. Oh, really? Mm. Mm. Yeah, they've got the Plastisol one, and then the, the water based one, I think, is called Oasis. Um, I can't remember what the Plastisol one's called, it might be called like Edge or something. I might have just completely made that up. <laughs> we, can, we can do a Google later. And if you're wrong, then we'll edit. We'll edit yeah. this. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive it's Calenso. I've got uh, some. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, uh, of uh, other other stuff, uh, potentially printing on some uh, independent uh, washed sweats. Oh yeah, yeah. They're like fucking expensive, um, mm. so I don't really want to fuck any up. But we're doing like a tonal printing them, so we're okay. doing like a a watered down or a. A um thin down grey on it, like a really mm. really thin grey, so that it's enough to make the. You can see there's a print there, but it's more or less just shows through the, shows through the color of the of the sweatshirt. You know, you know what you kind of could do that easier with. What? Water based. Yeah, could do, couldn't I? <laughs> do you want to swap jobs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, I'm a bit I'm a bit concerned about it because they are hideously expensive they're not the sort mm. of tops you want to be making a fuck up on i think so they're gray going on gray uh, a, a few different colors the gray is going to be like seriously thinned down mm. um so it, like it's almost translucent so it's right. like a sort of just it, it bring out the tone of the of, of the of the sweats and mm. um, we've done, done a couple of test runs and it's looking it's looking okay but not on those hoods yet or the sweat right. sorry but yeah I've got to be nice. nervous. I've got next week. I've got them. Yeah. A bit nervous about. I mean, if you used um, if you use like um, mid solids, uh, mm. water based, like use like the Magna, mm. um, HB range, 
that mm. do that. That's really, really thin, and it's. I mean, it's it's used for printing on light garments, so it doesn't have the opacity. Mm. Um, and the base that you use is really clear. Base. <laughs> Sorry, every time someone says base at the minute, I just can't help but do a um. Who are you waving at? Someone dangling off my hat. It's, your, it's the testicles you have tucked underneath. <laughs> One of them <laughs> popped testicles. out from under the head. <laughs> I swear a spider just dropped down from the like, brim of my cap. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, so this week we've got Ed from Tinker and Fix. Um, yeah. Who were recommended to us by Tom, wasn't it, of Boyd's? Yeah, Tom from Boyd's, yeah. Yeah, yeah the king of Bedford. Worst name. Or Boyd from <laughs> Tom of Bedford's, as we yeah. know. <laughs> Boyd from Tom of Bedford's. <laughs> Oh, oh, bless him! Uh, yeah, no, they do some really, really fucking cool stuff. That I think they're very different from any other brand that we've had on because they're not necessarily a a brand brand. No, they're not. They do have their own stuff. Yeah, I think they're probably closest to Bailey's. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. more yeah, than anything. Are. But but yeah, they're um, bit bit fruity. Mm. Is how I describe it. A bit, little bit left field. Quite cool, quite cool. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, really he's um, he's here and waiting. So oh, excellent. Oh well, let's not leave him waiting any longer. No, just, just going to tell him it was your fault anyway. <laughs> I've already texted him and told him it was your fault, so you can't tell him it was, it was your, <laughs> my fault. <laughs> Lying. <laughs> how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Technical issues going on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Darcy's had a few issues as well. No, the technical <laughs> just, issue just involved life. my child. So, <laughs> yeah. Broadband. Uh, are, you, are you one of these people like me that lives in the countryside and has terrible internet? Yep, that's us. Yeah, uh, standard. Yeah, yeah. It's that nice, nice, nice to put a face to the texts. Exactly. Yeah, it's always <laughs> with somebody on Instagram. I haven't put connections together. And yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I realised it's probably quicker to text you when uh, when I had to when I had to ping you a quick message because Darcy, Darcy was being a fanny and taking forever. <laughs> Thanks, mate. So it is usually me that's causing the IT issues, so it's a refreshing change. We'll let we'll let you off. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> don't 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 worry about my um my little man here. That's just my conscience. He's just um telling me to things to do to do all the things. Do you know I'm, I'm more disturbed by the iron that's next to it? But you know that's, what? That's been there since Pab's debut on the pod. It that has been moved. there. I'm convinced it's brand new and it's never been never used. Been. Well, actually, here's an interesting fact for you, Darcy. Uh, I don't use that iron because I have one of those big fucking iron, the steam generator irons that's got like a big cork handle, like an old fashioned one. Because I much prefer. Oh, I thought that. you meant like a trouser press. No, 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 not <laughs> a trouser press. Yeah, no, no. I've got a um, like one of those, and it's got like a a separate stand, and it like shh, shh, it's wicked. I don't really, I don't really like that iron. We also have a steamer, so that's that's just a spare iron. You know, we're we're a two we're a two iron household. <laughs> We really know how to live. 
Uh, I don't use it. Never use it. But that 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 one's not mine. That's her Ryan. How's your day been then, Ed? Been alright? It's been okay. Yeah. Um, just well, well, I actually managed to get some workshop time today, which is good. Um, so yeah, try just trying to balance yeah the the day to day stuff with trying to get things moved forward and projects that may or may not happen and yeah, just one of those days. Nice. Awesome. You got some interesting art on the wall. I'm just trying to work out what it is. Oh yeah, I, I don't normally. You see, I know. No, yeah. No. Stop tweeting boring I'm shit. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's not happening. It's anymore. a reminder we did. What's the one behind your head? It's criminalised decaf and nothing <laughs> nothing gum, come, uh, good comes from hitting reply all. Is what Excellent. Is. Excellent. Mm. That is probably yeah, the inspirational office posters. Agree, agree with all of those. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind yeah. decaf every now and again. Every now and again. Yeah. It it's got to just, not taste like drink, decaf. Just drink water. No, because I, I do actually like the taste of coffee. Like, and there are very specific notes in coffee that you don't get in water. For example, the taste of coffee. The coffee bit, yeah. <laughs> but can't you get? You can get caffeinated water in the states, can't you? There's a yeah. brand mm. caffeinated water. Yeah. So yeah. it's all all of the all of the good bit, all of the bad bits of coffee, and none of the good bits of water. Perfect. <laughs> it's the the worst of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> And probably yeah. an amazing business model that I should have yeah. thought of. Yeah. The one I always like is those um what's that? What's that brand? Liquid Death. Have you seen that? Yeah. The the, the, the cans the of water. water. Yeah, really yeah. nicely done and yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think mean, I oh there's so, there's something really weird about drinking water out of a can, like that's I went to I think it was in the middle of summer and uh went into the co-op and I have a thing about not buying plastic bottles. I just fucking hate buying plastic bottles i have my one that i refill and all that but yeah. I, I didn't have it with me so i went into the co-op and they had these cans of water and i was like oh, i'm going to try one of them and it was really strange because it was the same size as a beer can so i cracked it open <laughs> <Just> <laughs> and expecting, expected like a hit of refreshing beer and it was just plain old water and i was like this is i, I feel really conflicted with this <laughs> but was it was it good water at least yeah it was all right it was, you know as water goes the best water I ever had ever is out of a tap on a campsite in Canada <laughs> which, I, which I know is a weird thing to remember but I remember I was gasping for a drink and I, and, I, and, I, and we just arrived and I'd seen the tap and I was like I should go run my head under the tap I need time to drink I drank this water and it was like it had, had all the freshness it was the perfect temperature it wasn't like completely completely devoid of all minerals and everything it was just it was just a, a really good Good all-round water. Have you ever been to Grindleford Cath in the Peak District? No, but now I'm going to go because I presume there's a water story coming. <laughs> there is a water story coming here, but it's right. So Grindleford Cath is just near Havisage. There's the railway station there. So um, and they do. It used to be, I don't know if it's still run. It used to be run by a guy that the signs in there were amazing. It was like, if you want milk in your, if you don't want milk in your tea, order now. And it was really sort of aggressive signage every <laughs> But they started selling spring water, and it, it's an old—it is an old railway station converted, and it's like Grindleford Calf spring water. And literally, they would fill it from the tap out back. <laughs> and all these hikers and mountain bikers that are going past, oh, this London Grindleford spring water, 
And I'm like, that, that that's, yeah, good luck. That's a straight out of the tap. <laughs> it is more, straight out of the tap, round the back of this calf. Do you remember yeah. um, Dasani? Do you remember Dasani, the water yes, that yeah. came out? The yeah. Coca-Cola water. Yeah. I was, I'm showing my age now, I was working in Woolworths uh, as a, on the shop floor there when they, we got the call in saying that Dasani was basically a health hazard and it had to be removed off the shelves. And I, I remember we had, I was, I, my duty was to take everything off the shelf. And then the manager there basically had to go around and effectively slap the bottles of water out of people's hands that were holding <laughs> to, to stop them. <laughs> once, nice. yeah, once, basically, once we got the, we, we, the phone never rang in that wars that I worked in, and the phone rang and it was head office, and they were like, whatever you do, from this moment on, do not let anyone buy a bottle of Dasani. We're like, oh, okay, fine. And then she could see all these people. <laughs> she was, it just come out, just like running <laughs> and slapping, slapping the bottles left and left, right, and centre. It what wasn't was even wrong that with bad. That? It I had don't some. This. It had some like some mineral in it, or, or a, a, a mineral count that was too high in one of the things that was linked with some one of the one of the isms, I think. And um, oh, right. Yeah, and they didn't want to risk it, so they got it got pulled. And it, it, I mean, you can still buy Dasani in, in the US, I think, but yeah, you couldn't buy it. In... That was when what was it? It was Capri Sun, wasn't it? They turned the kids orange because they're drinking. Mm. Yeah, no, so no, that was a uh, Sunny, uh, Sunny D. D. Sunny D. Yeah, Sunny D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that for years. Well, it's gone now, isn't it? It's probably a reason why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a great tasting drink, though, Sunny D. That was a real. That was a. Oh, yeah. You really, you really were tasting the sun. Well, not actually because. Don't do drugs, kids. No, just drink, drink Sunny D and Dasani. Yeah. Get a nice glass of Sunny D and water it down with a glass of Dasani. Now, now it's two cans of Monster as they go to school, isn't it? Oh, God. I can't drink energy drinks. I can't drinks. do the stuff. I can't do it. I used to drink, I used to quite like a Red Bull, but I tried having one maybe maybe a couple of years ago. I was driving and I was absolutely knackered and I cracked it open and just instantly gave me a headache. I didn't even drink it. The <laughs> smell of it, I was just like, oh, God. What well, I don't understand with Monster is nowhere on any of the cans, regardless of the colour or anything, does it say what flavour they are? Like, nowhere. Mm. It says mm. punch. Okay, punch. sweet. And one's like Monster Original. Yeah, but what's the... I don't, what is that? <laughs> I don't know what that flavour is. There's no flavour on it. Favorite yeah, is this... blue or green. Blue, yeah. The blue. yeah. If I if I'm gonna have an energy drink, I do like a blue Powerade. I do like. I don't. I don't often drink yeah. that, but there's there's something about the taste of blue. It, it just mm. it it gets me. It totally gets me. Yeah. I mean, if you were gonna <laughs> eat a crayon, you'd eat a blue one, wouldn't you? Hundred percent. Followed swiftly by the green one. <laughs> God, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Every day's a learning day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um so before we uh kind of jump into it and ask you some slightly serious questions do you want to tell <laughs> us a little bit about you and uh and your business yeah so we um tinker and fix started in uh 2018 it was a, it was a side project when we started um and um i was working as a sales agent so i've always been in sales working for various brands and i'd being an independent sales agent, it's fairly mercenary. So you do all the sales bit, but you don't get involved in any of the marketing or the behind the scenes. You just get out there. So I was doing that, but I wanted a, a side project that allowed me to do do more, develop products, um, build a website. And I wanted to see it from that side as well. Um, 
And at the same time, I had this product idea, which came from a tool roll that my granddad had given me when he eventually died at 96, because he was using it before that. And it was just the perfect size. And I wanted to make another one. And I thought, is there something I could do with making another one of these and then doing this side business? So that's where we started. So when we started, we had one product, which was the tool roll, and we just took it from there. And and when we started, I didn't know whether we were going to end up being a retailer of other things or whether we were going to just do tool rolls or be a, like a, a storage company and take it that way. And, and then, we, so, but we, I thought we needed to start somewhere. So we just, we kind of made it happen. So that's where it started. And then it's kind of gone off on various tangents and turns to where we are now with a lot more products and a mix of other brands and then and then things that we make ourselves or get made for us that's awesome but you, you have so basically you weren't sure what you were going to do but you've actually ended up doing all of the things really haven't you look yeah, I mean, if, if, pretty much you kind of start not, not 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 in a bad way not that yeah. like but you've like you, you you've managed to quite impressively actually pull focus on things that you're selling that other people make things that you make and then like your I like your little videos and stuff that you do as well, like generally like mm. your, your tinkering video. So you've got like quite a nice, a, a broad spectrum of, of things that all encompass your, your sort of business brand thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and that has, it has developed and, and I think a very much a case of you can plan and, and it, but it's a lot about just getting out there and trying something and when and we try it and if it works we do more of it and if it if it if it doesn't go down so well we, we do less of it and that's kind of got us to where we are now and um the mix feels right it's it's not the i don't think it's the easiest mix to keep that balance because we are constantly trying to trying to keep it in check um and because our market is yeah we call it makers makers menders and growers it, it, it it's quite broad and we we face up mm. in those markets slightly differently and that makes things more complex so it'd be a lot easier if we went right we make this product for this market we know know exactly who we're talking to we're talking to the same people all the time we know they like x y and z um we have to change a little bit as we go but that makes it interesting that's and it kind of reflects what we do anyway so it comes not naturally is the wrong word we do have to work at it but it it, it comes from a place of of actually going but well this is kind of a reflection of us so we can we, we can handle that well i think what well, the one thing that ties all of those those three groups of people that you um that you was it makers makers men is a great i don't even makers, know if those are even words but we it kind of sounded right <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah. yeah i know that but the one the one thing i think they they all have in common and presumably all your customers have in common is they all appreciate a, a good quality piece of equipment or a good quality yeah. tool yeah. So that's yeah. like although although you've got those three elements really they're all coming to you for the same thing which is you know you obviously know what you're talking about like you 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 got you know what tools are good you know what works and what doesn't because you, you're testing it and then you know you're not also not reinventing the wheel if it's someone that's already making like an excellent tool like yeah. that is that is the tool that you're stocking and you're I was, I was, um, I was having a little bit of a snoop trying to find out a little bit more about you guys earlier and uh just reading through your about us section yeah and it was like it's a really really good read and for any of the listeners out there that 
don't know you guys like urge you just to go and read up about you and your kind of like your story and your ethos and everything because it really really resonated with like the way i think i think and probably you think as well pav that it's kind of like you know the whole kind of buy nice or buy twice kind of mentality it's yeah. like you know quality over um what's the word what, what what's the phrase quantity Quantity, yeah. Yeah. yeah quality over quantity and stuff like that and it's like it's just yeah it's just really cool it's a really cool i guess um ethos to have behind a business rather than just producing I think, stuff I, I think what's so appealing for darcy and i but particularly in it with, with with watching you and seeing what you've done is that because we're in uh, well as as my <laughs> as my new friend described it the rag trade yeah. Um, because eventually everything we print becomes a rag, whether it's from us fucking it up or from <laughs> or from it being loved for the rest of its life and then turning into um because we're in that, it's very hard for us to direct people and get them to buy the nicest thing because they don't want to spend them, even though it's something they'll be wearing all the time, they don't necessarily want this want to spend the money on it. But when it comes to like things like you're doing, people are I should imagine more readily. Well, I know from experience because I've got a shitload of tools even sitting on the table. They're more willing to spend a bit more money and a bit more effort on a, on a, an excellent tool because they think it's gonna they're gonna get long longevity and enjoyment out of it. But they don't. Ha we don't have that on the garment side of things. I don't think. No, I, uh, no, I absolutely agree. Um, and we do get quite a lot of people saying. Oh, why is why is this garden trowel ten times or twenty times more expensive than one I can buy in Wilkinson? So we do have those same conversations, but I think I think you're right. I think that the challenge you guys have in the uh, in, in in the textile industry is everybody's you know the, the Primani effect of well that t-shirt mm. two quid why well and and so the the benchmark of what people expect to pay for something is being pushed so so low. Mm -hmm. Um. And in, in the, the tool industry has it as well because you can go to Machine Martin. That there is all there, there are there is that. But you're right, there is a perception of something that um, has more substance to it than clothing, which is, which is crazy. Because mm. um, yeah, I think the only brands really I can think of that don't have that issue are Dickies and Carhartt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're the only one. And to be fair, like most, I'd say ninety percent of my trousers. Uh, our Carhartt trousers and like for good I say 90% like like I've got a lot of pairs of trousers I have like probably 11 pairs of trousers if that and I've got the mm. same I've got two pairs of tan three pairs of tan ones and three pairs of black ones in the Carhartts and then a couple of other like different color like pair of gap trousers or whatever mm. and they're, but they're still as good as the day I got them they're a bit scuffed up but they're yeah they're, well, that's they're just, well, well worth the money Exactly. And, it, and if anything, I'd say, like, you know, you can tell quality because it tends to look better as it gets older rather than yeah, yeah. looking worse. Yeah, so you yeah. actually, it ages up. And we had that with Carhartt. We, we thought, we, we wanted to do an apron, like a workshop apron. And we went down that thing of, of going, well, should we get some made? Da, 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 looking at different aprons. And that's how we came to Carhartt because I got one of the Carhartt aprons. I'd had some of their overalls before, but I got a Carhartt apron and I looked at it and went we we can't make anything yeah. as good as this for mm. anything like the price so why why try and reinvent it let's let's just mm. sell Carhartt aprons mm. um and, and that's part of that process is if, if we can find something that does have that good design good quality functionality 
and actually give some pleasure to use that, that then we go right well that's the path of least resistance let's let's sell that mm. let's celebrate it but um but the challenge with that at carhartt has been availability they're, they're yeah. it's, it's awful isn't it it is awful yeah. i bought a pair of um the 102 the process is absolute dog shit as well i'm yeah. just saying yeah they, well they're, they're, <laughs> most people just don't bother that's why <laughs> I, I bought i bought a pair of their ovals about three four years ago the 102 776s that's how sad i am i remember the zero oh, okay. Whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah okay fine yeah 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 so i bought a pair of them in tan and i, and I bought and i bought three pairs of different sizes wasn't quite sure of my sizing with the with the and I found the right pair, and I was like, "Do I buy the buy the black pair as well?" And I was like, "No, nah, I'll, I'll buy. The, I'll see how I get on these, and I buy the black pair." And I knew within like three days I wanted the black pair as well. When's going to buy the black pair? Could I find any? Could I? Find, I'm still to this day. I'm looking like for a, a, mm. the right size and the right leg length in that in that black yeah. pair of overalls. And the thing is, I know once I buy them, I'm going to have them forever. So I don't yeah. mind waiting and paying for them when that and paying you know even a little bit more than I probably should do for them. But it's just like four years that's been. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I mean, it was, um, they've got three three factories in Mexico, and obviously during COVID, they dropped. I think their production went down to twenty five percent of what it was, mm. and they cancelled all of their orders for fabric. So all of their duck canvas orders were cancelled. Oh wow! Oh, they're shit. Still, they're still trying to catch up on that manufacturing. Yeah, yeah. The fact getting the fabric back in to manufacture. Oh, that's mad! I, I didn't know we're that. Finding that. We're finding that a lot with um, even like our. Um, like uh, blanks manufacturers and stuff like that. I think they're still having a knock-on effect from COVID. Yeah. Like one of the main ones I use is Continental Clothing, and I never had a problem with them before COVID. Never. And now it's like every few months they have these massive stock shortages, and it's like oh, something's out of stock for like three months now. It's just like, oh, I've got customers asking for this shit. Like you know, it's um, and it can become quite tricky. But I think Carhartt have got a bit like. Carhartt have come up quite a few times on the pod because I think there's a few brands that like there's a lot of brands obviously that look up to them and kind of the quality of the stuff that they do and I don't know they have a certain style don't they and they've cornered that little market where it's like it is that hard wearing but kind of like still looks good and it's going to get better with age and we've spoken to a few brands that kind of like want to go down that route but I think like like you just said it's kind of like why why bother trying to replicate it? it's already there do you know what i mean like it's... also the, the price point of entry of trying to build anything to the, like the same quality the car oh, yeah. is just yeah it just doesn't yeah. make it doesn't make any sense does it at all like no there, the, you might find a few people that be willing to to fork out for it but it's not it's i don't think it's a good business model <laughs> no, no. I, mean, so, I mean they've got they've got that bond, they've got the scale they've got the the history and and they've got the u.s market where it it is workwear still so every yeah. time in the states so they've got that huge volume whereas the you know the european side is a bit more fashion orientated um but yeah a tough tough one to try and break break that side of it oh we won't we won't even bother trying <laughs> we, we, we've we've never managed to find anybody that we can even get wholesale carhartt stuff from and it's like i think in the states it's quite readily available yeah. like from uh, yeah they're, they're, they're the equivalent of the yeah the equivalent of the um the wholesalers we use over here, like whatever they have over there, they have Carhartt wholesale over there. Yeah, okay. Which is mad. The thought of being able to get clothes at that with that discount on it from Carhartt <laughs> makes me feel like full of joy. It almost makes me want to move to the states. Like it, it would be, it would be probably the only reason I would move there would be for that. 
Nah, and you're Canadian <laughs> tap water, so you'd have to yeah, maybe go a bit further. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe I'll go, I'll, I'll go on the um, Niagara Falls sort of area around there. That's where I live. And I can top, hop the border every now and again for a glass of tap water. <laughs> <laughs> Stick my head under the falls. <laughs> so... um. I'll be interested to hear. I think it's I think it's probably a bit of a Ron Seal name, but can you explain where the name Tinker and Fix came from? Uh, so my, my wife and I, we were sat there going, "Well, what are we going to call call this thing? If we got we need a brand, we need it. We need an umbrella." And and I don't know. I can't even. It's a really bad story, isn't it? I can't remember where that came, but it was on the list, and we were knocking it around, and it was the one that we just came came back to. Do you know what the longest conversation was? Whether it was going to be and spelt or an ampersand. That was the longest <laughs> thing. Sorry. I love that. And, 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 and I'm dyslexic. So ampersands for me, I can barely say it, let alone actually write it. So I'm like, <laughs> no, it's got to be the... I, it's the and my wife was like, oh, design-wise, it would be much nicer with the ampersand. I'm like, no, we are. We're going with and. That's where it's going to be. Um, but it kind of sums up what... I do and what I wanted the brand to kind of reflect and I'm not I'm we're not about perfection it's kind of if, if I can get to 90% I'm very very happy so that 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 and that whole thing around um if something's broken it's broken you, you, what's the worst you can do you can spend yeah. time on something and it's still broken at the end or if you're lucky you end up with something that works again and mm. and tinker I think a lot of people it's like oh it's a negative i'm like it's not it's what i've always done it's what i think people used to i think we've forgotten how to do it and that mm. sort of knowledge of repairing and maintenance and that mindset that maintenance mindset we've somehow drifted away from it. i think it's coming back and this whole i think it's been driven by the environmental sustainability story is is, is driving it which is it can only be a good thing i think um, people are just being generally more prepared for things as well like I, I used to work in a shoe shop, a shoe repair shop, and we noticed in the sort of early 2000s when I was working there, the amount of people that were coming in and getting things repaired, getting shoes repaired and, and resold, whatever, it just dropped off a cliff. Like it, People just weren't there because they could buy new shoes cheap and get them next day on Amazon or whatever. They just weren't bothering. And then mm. I'm still very, very friendly with the guy who, who I worked for there. And um, I mean, his business is going from strength to strength now. More and more people are now like, younger people as well it was predominantly our client base was was older people with nice shoes coming in and getting done and now older people younger people are coming in and getting things repaired and wanting things to last longer and then because that they're buying more expensive shoes as well because they want them to last longer it's slowly slowly coming back in i think i mean people are being far more conscious of, of, of where they're putting their money yeah and yeah. i, I, I... There's a, there's a lot of stuff out there. That's the thing, isn't there? There's a lot of product. There's a lot of everything out there. So it makes sense for us to be looking at ways of reusing it or fixing stuff that's already out there. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 but, you go. Go on, mate. No, 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 you go. go. No, you go. <laughs> I think both, both me and Pav are kind of on, um, I guess, equal level footing sort of thing with our kind of approaches to, to screen printing and sort of like the sustainability side of it as well, where it's like, you know, we're both very, very picky with kind of the manufacturers we use, the blanks we use and kind of the people that we print for. It's yeah. like, you know, so many times we've had it where it's like, we'll get brands come to us and want to print on the cheapest to the cheap crap. And 
you, you do it once and then they'll release all this stuff and you'll never see them again because it's gone under. There's no thought gone, gone actually behind it. It's just kind of like a, a get rich quick scheme or that's, that's what it is in their head sort of thing. It's kind of, I think we're both very, very keen, not that, not that I want to speak on your behalf, obviously, Pad, but I think we're both very, very keen to, to work with businesses that are going to have some sort of longevity. And I think obviously from so as I own a clothing brand as well as a, a, a screen print studio. It's like for things like t-shirts and stuff like that, they're very difficult to make last as long as like, I don't know, a hoodie or a jacket or a pair yeah. of jeans or whatever. They're, they're a lot more consumable. And there's part of me sometimes that does feel a little bit guilty, like the amount of stuff that we ship out. And it's kind of like, but at the same time, I'm running a business. It's, exactly. I, it, it, you know. And I'm sure there's what well, I know. I've got t- some T-shirts that are, God, they're probably five years old, as opposed mm. to a, another T-shirt that may only wear, you know, three or four washes, and it and it, it's done. Yeah. Mm. I think yeah, even yeah. that is, yes, they're not going to last forever. It's not a leather jacket mm. or a, a barber jacket or something. But there is a there's a huge difference in yeah. quality and durability within that industry. I assume. Massive. Mm. I mean, you. I mean, one manufacturer could have two different line two different t-shirt lines and they won't really be that much different in price or on the larger scale they are if you're buying hundreds of thousands of them but yeah there's not really a great difference in price and, and the quality the quality and durability of one compared to the other can be literally night and day i've had it from one manufacturer where you buy if you buy the cheapest version of from one manufacturer and then the, the most expensive one it's not just a, oh the the cotton's a bit soft or whatever it is like the quality can be poles apart Holes apart with it, but you try and explain that to a customer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. So as soon as you start getting into the realms of saying to a customer, it's like, oh, it's about like you know how how tight the weave is in the cotton and what the weight is and how the seams are stitched and stuff like that. I can care. I really don't care. It's like, does it look nice? Well, that's does it. it. Nice? And, and, and and the most does recent thing color? is, oh, how heavy is it? That's the most recent one because I think people have this preconceived misconception now that it's like the heavier a t-shirt is the better quality it is it's like it's not at all like i think there's some there's some of the lighter weight t-shirts that we use are better quality than some of like these luxury streetwear blanks um that are kind of this pushing this whole like oh they're made in portugal and like blah 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 pav you know what brand i'm talking about in particular um i'm not gonna what <laughs> Rupert Porter? <laughs> Rupert yeah, Porter. Them, them <laughs> um oh, no, they're, they're, okay. they've gone down the route of like oh it's luxury it's sustainable and all this blah 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 every single person i've ever spoken to that's used them said they're crap like really crap they don't last they come apart of the seam stuff like that. and there's people on that, that probably listen to this that use that that will disagree with me but that's just kind of like what i've heard and it's like we've never had any issues with the stuff that we've used and it's like from the print shop's point of view i will always trial new garments but it's like we have like our, almost like a core range of stuff. So it's like we use like an EPO one, an EP eighteen, EP nineteen, all like just really nice quality blanks. And we know where they're sourced from, and it's sustainable. It's organic cotton. It's not mass mass produced like Gildan or Fruit of the Loom or whatever. Um, it's obviously still mass produced to a certain extent because it's they're a garment yeah. manufacturer. But it's. And I think the important thing for for me anyway is kind of being able to to locate that source. Where's it coming from? Where's where's the journey of that t-shirt come from? Do you know? Um, 
What's yeah. what's your equivalent to that, Ed? Is, is there an item that you've got? I, in fact, I'll, I'll do this question two ways. An item that you sell that someone else manufactures, what's your favourite item that sort of fits like what Darcy said and also of the things that you have have, uh, have produced? What are the two? Have you got two th- things there? Um. Okay, one of the one of the first ones. So something that we don't produce. Um, it sounds really str- a screwdriver. So there's a, we we sell a screwdriver made by a sash window restorer in London. So they're mm. called elementary screwdrivers, and he couldn't find he couldn't find a traditional joiner screwdriver that he liked. So he makes his own, as you, as as you do. Um, <laughs> but they are. I mean, but they they are. A lot of people go. It's a screwdriver. I'm like yes it is but feel it get it in your hand use it and mm. it's not it's not over engineered so it's not like some ridiculous heavy weight thing it's it just feels right and it's mm. being designed well and i guess that's the similar to, to the t-shirt if a t-shirt's cut well it's made with the yeah. right materials it, it fits it's it's right you can make it out of the, the heaviest material and it's not going to be any better because it, it's just right as it is so they're they're great um, but at the end of the day, it's still a screwdriver. You know, it still turns a screw in the same way. It does mm. the job. It, it's a functional item. But everything that's gone into it makes sense. And even the little details about O-rings and seals, and they, ju- they, just, they just tick every box with that. Um, so that's – and then something that we've made um, – so we and I think if I, we had this conversation on Instagram, um, hex we drivers. Did. So there's little hex drivers. Um, yeah, I've been eyeing them up. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some out there that are crazy expensive, and we we had one done by a guy in the states, and it, it's, it's nuts. It's like jewelry, but it's amazing thing. But I was looking at them, and I wanted I I found them all to be quite small. So these are if you're not familiar, they're like a a little almost like a jeweler's screwdriver that takes quarter inch hex bits in the palm of your hand, small motions for small adjustments. And they're all not that I've got massive hands, but they're all too the ones I bought were too too small. Um so we I designed one, had one made by a machine shop in Leicester. I haven't got a, mach- a metal lathe, so there's a machine shop in Leicester that I know that made them. And they're not crazy expensive. They don't need to be anything more. They're solid brass. Um, and they just do the job. And I think we could have gone crazy with them, um, but it wasn't necessary. So it's just kind of finding that the, the materials were right, the design was right, and, and they, they, they do the job that they intended to do. Awesome. Awesome. So kind of on, like, I guess, expanding the product range and stuff like that, I guess, sort of. Yeah. Um, do you have any kind of, plans like setting stone plans for kind of growing tinker and fix further or is it kind of just seeing where the ride takes you sort of thing um the main that's what scary thing is we we probably say well we do we say no to more new products than we say yes to um which from a business point of view is like how yeah there's a limitation but because we are quite stringent on what what we stock um we almost self-limit ourselves a little bit by taking the easy route of going well actually there's you know there's a stack more carhartt we could sell there's a stack more for me but they they don't tick the box for us so we Mm -hmm. limit it down so i guess it is it's always a worry going okay where can we where can we find new product and that's partly why the sort of the, the side of doing it ourselves comes into that and saying what can we what are there things that we can make that can fill those gaps 
but that process is consuming from a time and a financial point of view to make that happen so then it's also then just continuously looking for those new brands we've got a couple on the horizon that are potentially interesting and and i could see those coming on um and and lifting the business but we know we've got more we've got more out there we we are only scratching the surface with the the customer base that we've got um mm. So I think we can do more with what we've got without going, well, let's lay in more uh, more product or expand the line. I think yeah. growth for us is getting out there a bit more, getting more visibility um, and all the challenges that brings as well. As well. You, should, you should get on a podcast. That'll get you some more visibility. Yeah, well, there you go. Just a tick, you know. <laughs> first, first guy done, I'll just sit back and wait for the orders. I, I have I have got a question I'm going to ask. I'm going to, and I've got, because we do have a list of questions, I've got it here. But what I want to do, before we do that yeah. is you're very much in the sphere of things as, as I mean I obviously know I message about getting something made yeah. so what I, I've got I've done a pocket dump on my desk here of all the things I normally carry day to day because <laughs> I'm I'm very much a um uh, if I can fix it where I'm near something that I'd rather I'd rather have full pockets and be able to do it than um than have to walk back somewhere to get something else to come back whatever so so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you some of the things i have in my pocket right yeah. and i want you to let me know i this... want to let you know whether they whether they um would whether it's something you would consider stocking on tinker and fix oh wait, wait hang on this is the yeah, judge the judgmental side of yeah. yeah 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 okay <laughs> right so i have loads of these i've got about probably 20 of these these are scattered all over the house and all over my studio um and this most pockets i have have has one in and it is 150, 150 mil uh, stainless steel ruler. Right? And I don't think there's anything more useful that I own because they're about, I buy, I buy the cheapest ones possible. And it gets you in a book. Most things when I need to measure them are less, less than this long, like generally speaking. Yeah. Um, and it's got, what I like about it as well is it has a conversion table on the back for inches to millimeters. Um, so I, I have these I the everywhere same. yeah rolson yeah, yeah, yeah i know i know they're the cheap crappy ones but i just I, I i literally i just go and buy i buy like a pack of 10 at a time and then if mm. one gets bent or it gets covered in ink or whatever um it just turns into it gets used as a scraper rather than as a, as a measuring device anymore so what what do you think of that first ed yeah 100 they should be in fact i was just looking around the desk because i've got one i've got one but it has yours got the little uplift on the end of it so you can pick it off the table easily? No, it hasn't, but I know which one you mean. Yeah. We've got one knocking around that we, we should do and we haven't. And I'll be honest, it's probably why haven't why haven't we? It's probably because they're they're quite easy to get hold of. So mm. but yeah, but this is the great, great thing is someone's buying from your website as a little have you considered in, adding one of these market. for a couple of quid sort of thing? Yeah, I, I think that would be so. This what you're saying is this is already we're off to an excellent start. It's an excellent <laughs> thing, and I'm very I'm going to start writing things down as well. So okay, excellent, excellent. <laughs> and it's got to be a hundred. That fifteen centimeter is the the sweet spot, is it? Yeah, it hundred percent is the sweet spot purely because, like, it fits like in my hand like this. So if I do need to scrape something with it, it's the right length. It's just it's just perfect. And I never need to measure anything longer than that. Generally so, speaking, do you own one in brass as well? Do you have like a special? Brass? No. I do, I do want to own one in brass though because I've got two. I haven't got them in here. I should go and get them in a minute. 
got uh, a set of bra a brass pen and a brass pencil um that are like stubby ones that I carry around most days as well fountain pen believe it or not um so yeah but yeah I, I, I brass would be oh that would be a bit too exciting for me <laughs> right <laughs> next thing um I'm gonna do a knife next thing this this literally this knife lives in my pocket every day uh, and that is this it is a Civivi baby banter I don't know if you've heard of this it's a yeah, tiny yeah. tiny little knife that's my thumb up against yeah that's it all right it, it is it is the best little knife I've ever owned and it's got a nice little you can hold it and it's got you can choke up on it. it's excellent I mean it's a perfect box cutter because you can get your finger right across the edge of it it's just lovely Slashing and that is uh, I have specifically have this knife yeah I, I just have this knife not for um not for doing any prying or anything it's literally just a a cutting knife and nothing else and that's why that always sits in my pocket all the time so that's that how do we rate that one yeah pocket knife is 100 percent. you always got to have you got a pocket knife of some description excellent excellent right just my problem with stuff like that is i just bloody lose it all the time yeah but then it's an excuse to buy more great knife not very expensive when you lose mm. it it's not the end of the world I've got the um, I've got the uh, elect- I think it's the electrician's Opinel that's got two cutouts on it, and then on the base of it, it's got a hex driver as well, which is that 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 one that one sits in the van because that's that's the one I'm most like to use in the van. Um, and really, this is I'm coming across as an awful geek here, right? This I know you're going to love this because we've spoken <laughs> about this. This is this is probably probably my single best purchase of the past two years when it comes to tools, the Nipex Baby Cobras. I mean, they're, 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 they're ridiculous. I mean, something that small that's that useful is right. Yeah, I mean, Darcy, you need to get yourself a pair of these. They're just unreal. There's, yeah. And anyone listening, if you don't know what these are, uh, they're a tiny, tiny little 100 millimeter long set of um, uh, basically, water, they're basically mini water pump pliers, but they're um, the grip they have is outstanding and and they're really narrow so you can get them in tiny little places and get things out they're really cool right so we're gonna lump the last two together right this this is my workshop knife it is a jacko whatever maker knife have you seen these yes yeah i don't don't own one but i've seen i've seen them around a lot yeah these are I mean, you can flick them out as well, but once they're out, they don't, it will not close. And it's magic. I don't know how it works. It will not close unless you put your finger in that ring uh, and you can get up because it's, it's the same distance from either side of the blade. When you're cutting something, you can offset the cut by sliding it right next to a ruler. And then you get a perfectly, perfectly uh, straight cut. I love it. So we're, we're doing well. So well, far, yeah, Ed, you love right. everything, don't you? So far. So far. All good. Okay. I'm going to lump. Going to lump these two together, uh, Bacave, uh, or the Leatherman Skeletal. These are like my two, uh, like I think the Skeletal probably sits in my pocket more than any of them, more than more than this one, purely because normally I'm, I'm I need to grab something or screw something or cut something, and those are the three things this does. Like within within seconds, you're you're there and you're. I presume you're obviously you're aware of Leathermans. I presume I, you, have you got a skeletal? I think I may have seen that you do have one. Yeah, and we, and we sell them as well. So um, oh, excellent. There you go. There, there you go. go. So a bit, there you go. But that's an interesting one. So the leather that Leatherman range is it, it's it's huge. We sell 
three. So again, we've gone through and gone, how do we differentiate? So a lot of people find it a bit daunting when you go, well, I, I want a multi-tool, but there's 27 in the range. What's the right one? So we, we do the Skeletal, we do the Super Tool 300, which is the really big full-size heavyweight. And then we do, um, so we do four actually, and we do the Bond, which is the only UK legal carry. Leatherman. Yeah, non-locking one. Non-locking uh, and and size under three inches. And then we do the rebar, which is like a bigger, if you want, like 17 tools and something a little bit bigger. Um, so yeah, we try, we try and look at it and go, how can we simplify it? Because we, there are there are retailers out there that specialise in the people that collect them and want the various special editions with the black and the different colours and um, and we try and be more sort of that functionality side of going okay let's have a look at the whole range where's the differentiation where's that useful thing for the people that are yeah. probably just want it in a toolbox in the house or they want it in a vehicle or they carry it day to day. Yeah, I mean, I, I really I don't think there's a better tool than the Leatherman, if I'm honest. Like, for if, if I could probably, I wouldn't want to be without any of them, but I could be without, I could be without anything there apart from the Leatherman, like, or, or any multi-tool, really. They're just, they're just the best. Yeah, they're just the Leatherman, it's a 25-year guarantee on them. So, yeah. uh, if you're looking about that quality and believing in a product, for a company to go, it, mm. it's a 25-year guarantee, and we've, We've how many have we? We don't sell that many of them. We had somebody that snapped the tip off the 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 knife, and they were leave they were abusing it, and they and they repaired it. They didn't actually. That, well, that was the nice thing as well. They actually put a new knife into their original Leatherman. They didn't go down the route of just going, oh yeah, well here's an, it's easy easier to send out a new a new one, yeah, yeah. and then we'll win it. They actually did do a repair on it, which was nice. Yeah, I've had my wave repaired twice because I've snapped the blade on it. <laughs> I've snapped the um, I've snapped the the the, uh, uh, the serrated one and the and the straight one on it um two different times, <laughs> which is I, I try not to leave it with him, but every now and again when you're really in a pinch, it's, <laughs> it's something you have to do. Exactly. I've got one more knife to show you. <laughs> is he still phasing it out? I just keep you see dis disappearing every now and again. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, okay, so that's your Bowie Rambo. Um, yeah. so I am um, crocodile killing knife. Yeah. You know, you know, you know when you, oh, you know when you meet someone and like, well, your friend or someone, and you happen to mention that you like something, and then they don't forget that, and then they come up to you and go, oh, or you do them a favour, and they go, oh, I got you this to say thank you. That one, this thank, guy thank gave you, me. Thank you for pulling my yeah. bins up, Pat. Here's a machete. <laughs> now, what, what did you help? What did you help them with? <laughs> I, I, he, he was his, his chopping uh, up a body with that yeah. uh, with that little uh, little saw on his, his, uh, yeah. his, on his heating had gone out. His heating had gone out, so I went. I dropped him down a gas bottle on the gas fire just so he didn't freeze overnight. It was when it was that really really cold um, snap in January. January, uh, yeah, January. And he said, "Oh yeah, oh, thanks for that." And he gave me that. And he actually had this made in Pakistan. Right. And, um, yeah. So it's it actually meant something. To which is like really, really, which really lovely. I mean, listener, you can't see this, but it is it is a genuinely a, a Mick Dundee style knife. It's fucking huge. I don't carry that round every day, weirdly enough. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that one's not yeah. practical, but it is a lovely tool. Yeah, yeah that one might the, not it... make the cut for the website. You know, there might be some yeah. technical. No, agreed. Agreed. For the um for the listeners, it's the type of knife you need a holster for. 
You do, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. When in doubt, get a holster. That's what they say. Mm. That's what that's what Ed's going to make me. My cobra and my little and my other ones that I can't find. I'll put them somewhere eventually. Uh, so, so basically, you approve of everything I own. I'm your ideal customer. Is what you're saying? Yeah, basically. exactly. I think we just need more of you, and then we're fine. It's the great yeah. plan. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Well, now, I, now I can actually ask the question. <laughs> um, so, what does it take for a product to actually make the cut? Is there anything like that will specifically put you off of a product, or, or is it just like you actually do you, you take a product and use it, and if you find a flaw in it, then that's it. It's done, or how does it work? Yeah, so it's got a. Um, so we we do test. We we try and test everything. So when we say like so, okay, like there's a, we do a, a Dutch garden tool brand called Schneeball. Now they've probably got three hundred different garden tools. We've not tested every single one of them, but we bring a selection in, and and we know we can get a feel for the quality. So the, the first thing is it's got to have the design and functionality has got to be there. So it's got to feel right in the hand. It's got to do the job it's intended to do. And so that's kind of like a that first jump. And if it if it gets past that, then it's got to be pleasurable to use because if you're going to buy something and keep it for 20 years or for, for life, it's got mm. to it's got to bring a bit of it sounds quite a bit naff, but a bit of joy when you're using it. It's got to be a pleasurable thing. So mm. it it's got to have the functionality and the quality of construction, but then it's got to have an aesthetic and design that makes it something that people want to own. Um, and and then and then we look at the commerciality of it so we look at the, the margin proposition and, and the whole business piece around it but that come that we don't start there we've got to start with going the product's right it's got the right fit it's going to fit then we have to look at the commerciality of it um and so louise my wife is involved in the business as well we have a we have a double opt-in policy as well we both have to say yes to it Oh, interesting. So, Has that ever led to some like decisions you weren't happy about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and um, there's there's been a few things that have been close. And I, I, so pen knives are a great one. We could be stocking a lot more pen knives because I, I that I, I like pen knives. I, I'm a bit like yourself. I I could quite easily collect pen knives, and I do. Tinker and Fix isn't isn't all about pen knives. It's about yeah. having the right knife in your pocket or a garden knife or a functional yeah. thing. So, so I often will magpie to something and go, oh, look, there's a new there's a new pocket knife. We could do that. And she'll quite rightly say, does what does it do that's different to the Opinel or the Anderson Cooper or the Buck that we already sell? And um, and, that, and that's a great sounding board to have. And likewise, um, from her side, she obviously, women's fit on workwear is really poorly represented in the market. So talking about Carhartt, Carhartt do some really good women's workwear, but there's one bib overall when there's like four different men's ones. So that even mm -hmm. within them, it's, it's fairly unrepresented. Um, and she she was pushing for a brand, uh, another brand of work, uh, of American workwear that specialises in women's. Now the problem from it is is to get the sizing right. There is 
not there's leg length there's size there's right. body shape so to do it properly all of a sudden even for one size you have three options and then you have to do all the sizing and i'm going it's a logistical nightmare so although i love the product i love everything about it the, the reality of doing it at retail mm. is, is is a no from from that logistical piece so um so yeah it works it's a good balance to have it's a good balance. I, suppose, I suppose the benefit of having to have two yeses is that you know whatever you're stocking is something that you you both appreciate and there, there's yeah. no there's nothing there that you know you 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 don't have that issue where if, if one of you pushes for something and the other one's not happy and then you get it and then it sits in stock and does not sell yeah, <laughs> it's not like yeah. that was your fault yeah. and, we, and, <laughs> and it makes it easier when we're if you when we're writing content for the website or at a show working you, it, it's just an easier process because you, you can literally pick up anything that we sell and go right well what's the why have we got this and we can both do that and sometimes we come at we, well, we do come at it from a different point of view. I tend to come at it from the the product point of view, and she has far more of years of buying gifts for me, so she can sometimes relate to the gift buyer that's mm. buying for the person. Um, so she'll look at it, oh, the overall, almost the over what the overall proposition is and how it's presented and how it's given as a gift and i'm going well the box doesn't really matter i just want to know what's inside it yeah and we combine those two together and you end up with it going okay it's a great gift and the person buying it gets pleasure from purchasing it and the recipient gets the pleasure of using it well i, I need to know now uh, what the best uh, gift is that she's got you do you know what it, it, it's that uh so there's two one was the elementary screwdriver so before we started tinker and fix one christmas she bought me that screwdriver which i still have and it's on the stand usually as the display one um which was great and then the other one which we now stock is a uh, a folding knife made by a company in sweden called anderson and copra and it's a it's it's copper so it's a friction folder uh, nice. but it's got a, it's copper which is unusual a lot of knife makers don't like using copper um and that was uh she bought me one of those as a gift and it took us then took us 18 months to get them to suppliers and with their first uk retailer so it wasn't oh, amazing. It, it was more about them not having the stock to supply anybody but it took a long time to get to that process where we're stocking those so that that's kind of worked out it's great because historically, I don't know about you, but my, my missus finds it very difficult to buy me stuff. Uh, mm. And she wouldn't necessarily go out and buy me tools and stuff because she wouldn't want to buy the wrong one or yeah. like not the wrong one because you can't really buy the wrong one, but not necessarily the one that I would have wanted, which is, I know, a weird thing to to say. But a few years ago, I've mentioned this on a pod before, um, I happened to mention that... Um, uh, Adam Savage, you know, the guy from Mythbusters, yeah. he's got his uh, Savage Industries and he makes his own stuff. And I'd always wanted one of the bags, but I could never really justify spending like 300 quid on a bag plus the import and that. And then I saw that he'd released these overalls and I was like, oh, that'd be really cool for the studio because they've got split legs and it's like a welder's one so you can strap it around the side. And I happened to mention it. She was like, oh, okay, cool. And she fucking bought me them, didn't she? She shipped them over and bought me them. <laughs> and it is... What, what I love about it because it like uh, firstly obviously it's a lovely present from her but also 
of, of all the things I, I own that she's bought me, it's the one that I've physically used the most because the second I go in the studio, it goes on. So it's got loads of what I call love marks on it of like bits of ink and shit where I've scuffed it and where I've worn it out. But I know it will never wear out because it's really good quality. And I just bloody love it because I'm going to have it probably for the rest of my life. I'd, I'd never tell her that it means that much to me because I don't want her to think <laughs> I like her. But yeah, it's... <laughs> you have, you know, still <laughs> record there. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna clip, clip that bit up and just send it to Joanna. Yeah. Oh, she'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> so on, um, on kind of like design, um, and all that. I, it sounds like that's obviously very important to you. You obviously do your your own brand stuff, your Tinker and Fix branded bits and bobs. What, what does your design process look with that then? So I was just, I just, I was just letting, letting the dog out of the office. He's uh, off, so, uh, <laughs> right. banging on the door. Yeah, no, that's the dog going. In. Oh, it'd be fine. Um, <laughs> um, Hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's so I'm not, I'm not a product designer. So I've worked in in teams. I've worked closely with product designers before. Um, I, I'm very much. I have to have a clear idea of what the end product is going to look like and then I kind of work back from it and it's probably not the um, most effective way of doing it but I've got right I've got this vision of what it needs to be how, how do we get there and and then work it back through the steps of what is what okay what is it going to be made out of how who's going to manufacture it where do we get it done can we do it ourselves yes no or do we have to find somebody to do that um so I guess from a, if you were a, a trained product designer, it's probably not the ideal way of doing it. And, and then it does, things do evolve in that process of going through. So it's lots of bits of paper, lots of notepads, lots of scribbling <laughs> of ideas and, and then that's, going- That's yeah. the correct way to do it. Oh, cool, well, that's all right then. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then you're getting to a point where going, well, we can make this, but oh, okay, now we have product X is gonna be 10 times what the market is so maybe mm. that's not a good idea and and just trying to find that path um and the key it goes back to going is it is there anybody else that does it better already and can we go down that route and that's not from not wanting to do it ourselves but it's kind of going well if there's a specialist out there that's done years of research into developing a product and we're just kind of emulating it. Um, that's not what we want to do. We want to do something that's either got to function in a different way because it might be size or, or, or usage, or it just is, is a little niche of a product that we can we can do something different with. So what, what you're doing there as well is, by doing that is making your own little niche, aren't you? Because you'll end up with the, the, the products that you do will be the products that other people might be looking to come to you for. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, it's just it's just finding something. And and I'll be honest, those projects where we design things ourselves, part of that is is having something uniquely ours, um, yeah. which allows us to to um, we're quite we still do print advertising in magazines, uh, and we still do that sort of traditional sending products in for review or features in magazines and. Having our own stuff helps with that because it's driving traffic purely to us. Now then, mm. as a consumer, may end up then buying some Carhartt or an Oppenel knife at the same time, but that allows us to talk about Tinker and Fix rather than Carhartt mm -hmm. or an, another brand. So it's a useful tool 
for eyes on there and those projects are really fun you know they're 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 the enjoyment part of what we do as well um yeah also if you're seen as if you're seen as an expert in that thing that you're designing and you're selling people are more likely to trust your opinion on the other products you have on your Mm. website yeah yeah fingers crossed i mean we do we do uh, it's also knowing that we're, we're not we're not experts on most things we 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 try and and we've got people that we use, friends, and, and that we will put product to. So I, I do a little bit of uh, the leather stitching, but I'm not a sewer. I can't sew, and Louise isn't either. But we've got a, a really good friend who's a trained fabric conservation restoration expert, and she's amazing. So anything that on there, we're like, right, here you go, Liz. What what these scissors? I know the DIY ones are great, but these are these are a pinking shear or a fabric scissor. What do you think? So we kind of had that network of going, right, where can we test product where it's beyond our real level of expertise? We may know, we know the qualities there, we know the functionalities there, but we don't use it day in and day out enough to be able to make that call. I was on, a, I was on your website earlier um, and I was just literally just browsing and I was like, this is just so much cool like it's it's really like sleek and stylish looking stuff like i know it's it probably doesn't sound strange to you but it sounds strange to me saying that just about tools and bits and bobs do you know what i mean it's like um but i came across the uh uh the the black uh hatchet you guys did that's so fucking cool that thing i I was like i don't know why i want it but i was like that just looks really cool and and i want it We've done that for a few years. Is the whole the whole Black Friday thing is we don't, yeah, we, don't yeah. we don't do discount. We don't go down that route. And so Black Friday, what do you do? And the year before, we I think for one year we did a load of black just black product we put out. And then the year we did a lot. We've done a this uh, skateboard uh, which is reclaimed skateboard decks. We've kind of had an ongoing theme of using it. And we did some uh, a garden trowel with a black um black and white skatewood handle which would look amazing so we did that on um for black friday and that that hatchet which is mainly we use skatewood on the wedge and on the on the palm swell when we were doing that um we got the the handle maker who's over in the welsh borders i said right can you do a black one he's like yep and so we black that one out completely <laughs> black leather sheath black on black and yeah um yeah, that's just really, really cool. I've and never seen a tactical axe before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then a uh, 15 year old son who's very much into the boys, the, the series on the. Yeah, yeah. Like, what should we call it? He's like Black Noir. It's got to be called Black Noir. That's what it's called. Uh, see, he's that. far smarter than me. I would just call it Blacks, yeah. but with yeah. the axe yeah. as the. Oh, you see, that would have been that would have been genius. We just yeah. We'll have to do another one. Three you have to. <laughs> it's really what well, I like your website's called as well because there's actually a, a shitload of advice and help yeah. tips on there as well, which you don't see on a lot of other places. A lot of other places will like, oh, like if you want help with this product, send us an email. But all, all of the information that you could possibly want, even on like things that maybe not necessarily that you've got in stock or for sale or whatever, there's information there to help people do things and fix things and whatever. Yeah, we try again. It's finding that balance, and and where where there's we do get it. We do get asked questions where we don't have the solution, but I know what the solution is. And and in those situations, 
we'll recommend another product, we'll recommend somewhere to buy it from because we, we can't we can't solve that. And I'd much rather go, look, think of us next time when you, you need something else. But right now you need to buy this product from these people because that's what you need. Um, yeah. And it, it's tough. I mean, commercially you go, well, that's crazy, but it, it, it just makes sense. It just makes it's, sense. It's just honesty, isn't yeah. it? It's, it'd be quite easy to say like, oh yeah, this product will do it. But if it's like yeah. the person gets it and it's like, well, this doesn't, work for what i need to do and yeah. it's like you've just you've you've essentially just turned into a salesman there haven't you whereas like i think there's a lot more of an ethos behind what you do and it's kind of it is providing stuff with the people that they actually need rather than just selling shit yeah exactly it's got there's got to be something that we that we've there's got to be something there and that's why we don't end up having the entire range of products from the brands that we work with much to their that you know from their side they're often going well you're not you don't sell yeah. this it sells really well i'm like yeah but that it's not us it, we wouldn't be able to sell that oh but it sells really well yeah but not for what we want to do mm-hmm. um but then yeah it's, but the, i guess yeah and then the growth to your original thing about growth is then it's just finding things to layer in to yeah. to, to build out the range without going too crazy so sort of back on growth then um is there anything theoretically or hypothetically uh, is there anything that you'd add to tinker and fix as it currently stands that you think could give you another boost whether it was member of staff funding whatever um shows so we do well now we're sort of back to normal after covid we we, we do 10 shows a year and that's a mix of it might be a one day event, it might be a four day big big show. Um, I, I kind of would like to do more of that and get out more. And we have no intention of opening a shop. I, when we started this, online was where I wanted to be. Um, I, I didn't want to go down the physical retail, but getting out and talking to people and mm-hmm. interacting in a more accent it does does work, and it, we've seen it yeah. work. Um, so we can we should do more of that there's a logistical piece of how that manifests itself because if we're out for four days at a show you've got a day before and a day after it's ring fencing yeah. stock that's not on the web when it's uh, yeah so there's a piece on there so to do more that then starts to be a little bit more tricky so if we want to do more we might have to look at different ways of doing that um it's very What's personal, though. It, it is us. It is Louise and I. And you're talking about the information and the text on the website comes from we write it. So yeah. bringing somebody else in, that's going to be an interesting challenge to integrate them into that conversation. It's definitely doable. And I hope we get to that point. But it, it's going to be an interesting process to do that. Is It, it was interesting that you said about like meeting people and doing face-to-face things because it's a theme that we've had that's run through a lot of our episodes is that a lot of the, the brand owners we've been speaking to, and it, it's interesting to see that it's not just like clothing brands as well, is that they're sort of actually, although they started off online, they're actually, some of them are moving now more towards wanting a premises or wanting like that interaction with people because it's become such an unusual thing to have now when you go out and to go out and act actually buy something is like an experience now rather than anything else and if with the knowledge that you have i think even just doing like the odd like pop-up somewhere or, or or a market somewhere or whatever i think would be 
amazing for your for your customers, but I think it'd be wicked for you guys as well. Yeah, no, it worked. I mean, we did the first one. We did one in in Hull. Uh, when was it? Like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and it, it's we're a strange one because because we don't. So it was it was a maker's market. So a lot of the okay. people there were uh, ceramics and textiles and artwork, and and then then there's us and we. We do make obviously we make some of the stuff, but we're not purely a you know mm. handmade brand. But we know that our customers are the people shopping within that. So, mm. but when we apply to those sort of events, people they have like a tick box exercise of do you fit what this show is about? Mm. And we don't always tick all of those boxes, even if I think we would actually work in there. But we went to this one in Hull, Maker's Market, really well organised, really well done, and and we were a good fit. And the organisers like, actually, you know, had loads of positive comments about something different that balances everything else out. And they they are quite good at, you know, they didn't have, it's going to sound bad, but we go to some shows and there'll be 15 people selling scented candles. And I'm yeah. going, and there's nothing against scented candles, but how can you have a show where there's 15 people selling the yeah. same thing effectively and mm-hmm. so that show organizer was very good at going right no there's one person doing this there's one person selling donuts there's one person doing ceramics or there's room for more um mm-hmm. so yeah it's just finding those events finding those events that work where we get the customer that may not know what they're looking for and we've been at shows where people will walk past and they'll they're like there's two, there's two responses it'll either be what the fuck are you what what what's this i don't i don't i don't know what these tools what the hell or you'll get somebody walk past and they'll stop and go oh okay that's that's what i need or i need to buy it for x person and that's great because you know being in the middle is where nobody really wants to be you want that polar mm-hmm. but um it's getting the show organizers to look past it going actually you do have consumers that want something a little bit different and want to well, have that- a conversation I think the only way you can, what you need to bring up with them is that people that go to maker fairs quite often are makers themselves, and makers will probably want to buy something they can use to make stuff with or to maintain something yeah. they're making stuff with. It, 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 it's a no-brainer to me. Like it, it seems obvious, like a, a maker yeah. fair having someone. I mean, you, you, I, I bet you find that other vendors at the maker fair buy stuff from you as well, don't you? Yeah, no, we, we, yeah, and most shows yeah. we go to, I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy that the people are going, do you have an Allen key? Yeah, here you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here you go. Um, which is cool. I like that. You know, it, it, it's good. It's good fun. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so is there one thing since you've been running Tinker and Fix that you're most proud of? One thing that's happened or a product that you either managed to source that you weren't sure of or that you've designed? Like, What, what would you say is your like crowning achievements thus far? Difficult one. Uh, the skatewood the skatewood project has been good and we've kind of are we coming to the end of it yeah we've probably put skatewood on most things that we can vaguely justify putting a different handle on um but that's been it's been a fun project it's a different product and it's been a commercially valid product project as well so sometimes these ideas you end up going it's amazing it's fantastic and then nobody else kind of mm. gets it but that that's been good so I, I i'm and the axe is probably the pinnacle of that of having 
that you know the head forged in the uk sam who made the handles is just amazing then getting the skatewood from the guy in grantham to do the wedges and the thing and then me doing the the sheaths there was four of us involved in a project which was logistically challenging and i think but we did it we, we made it happen and and when we've sold those they they've been great at shows because when we've sold them you're talking to the person that's the other thing sometimes mm. with the web the sales great the, the interaction is not quite the same but actually some picking somebody picking up one of those axes that we designed and had made and just going oh that's amazing I, I want to give that to so and so or no that's going and it's living by by my log burner because it's going to cut kindling or whatever mm. it is it, it, it's been great um and that's no mean feat getting like four people to work on one project and seeing it through and it being a success. That is like, that's insane. I mean, I generally speaking, as a printer, I deal with one person, which is the customer, and then myself. And then obviously, if I have to buy any stock or whatever, but the person I'm buying the stock from or the, or the materials, or whatever, they're not, they're not, they're part of the chain, but they're not really part of the chain. They either sell it to me or they don't. Um, but yeah, it's, that's difficult enough having bit managing working with one person. So doing it with four on a project like that, where there's so many things that could potentially go wrong, that's also on such a cool product as well. Yeah, it was it was a good one, and and, and we were lucky that um, I guess it wouldn't have happened if it were. But everybody was really into it. So mm. uh, Alex, when we went down to see Alex Pohl, when I first contacted him and said, "Look, I've got this idea for a small. Everybody is making big axes. I want a one pound." small hatchet and his immediate response is oh yeah i'd love to make one of those and i've got an idea for what how it's going to look so, and and then when we went to sam about doing this laminated palm swell his immediate reaction was that would be amazing when can we start so we were really lucky that all those parties were, were up for getting it done um and yeah, you know, it was it was a good one. Apart from when they went missing in transport back, so we at one point we had twenty four axes in a in a missing parcel wow. that said that said it had been delivered. So the information was going, it's been delivered. I'm going, uh, it's not been delivered. Um, and luckily, that was on the Friday. On the Monday, it turned up. But there was a weekend of us going, where the hell have all these axes gone? Um, which would not have been good. Um, but yeah, but no, it was a good project. Excellent. Yeah. Um, do you, you say you had a listener question, Pav? No. You don't. Sorry, listener question. What's going on? Well, we do. We do sometimes, but I don't know. I haven't got any. Was I supposed to? No, I thought you said you had one. No. Or did you say you had a list of questions? <laughs> Oh, I had a list of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I said we've got a list of questions. I was, I was talking like, about when you, when you said that. I was like, why is he bringing this up now? I just, we do I this just at like the end. <laughs> I just like to point something out as well. Ed. I, I made a bit. I've been moving these over there. I made a bit of a balls up. We have like a a um, a, a, a playthrough of how we do everything every week, and Darcy very kindly types everything up and all the questions like a like a good little boy. And every week I print them off. Uh, and every week I print them off <laughs> two two minutes before I come on the pod. Uh, and this week I did not check the print settings, so I've been working off of this. Right, right, Ben. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's a, that's supposed to be an A4 page. Yeah. As is that. So, yeah, when when you when you see me going off like, like this, this yeah. Yeah, that, that's because I'm like trying to stare at the thing without <laughs> without, without doing like <laughs> looking. 
when does the, the dolphin, when does the dolphin start jumping out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, those magic eyes were crazy, weren't they? I missed those. Well, what happened to those? There must be hundreds of them in like car boots. You don't you just don't see them anymore. Well, the other thing you don't see anymore, and I know it's a t-shirt, so you don't see it anymore. I was talking to someone about this. Do you remember global hypercolor t-shirts? The ones the that changed color. Yeah, yeah. What happened to all of those? Well, somebody went, well, great. This basically makes my armpits look a different <laughs> colour. I mean, they were great. I always wanted to own one. I never got to. I but, never yeah. owned one as well. But, it was at the same time as Oakley, the, the thermonuclear protection stickers were on everybody's car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, great. A simpler time. <laughs> Much simpler time. I'd, I'd kill for one of those T-shirts. I might go on eBay after this and see if they still exist. So, they probably be banned because God knows what that was in it that made them change colour. Well, interestingly, you can mm. buy the you can buy the additives for um for for ink to do it just okay. as a print. So I don't think it was that, Yeah, I don't you think get it was loads that of, like, bad. Specialist inks like that, like ones that change colour with water and temperature and everything like that. So mm. they're pretty cool. I, I I don't particularly see a use for them, but you know, oh, they're cool for the sake of being cool, aren't they? Which is which yeah. is it's never they're a bad thing, I suppose. Very fucking expensive as well. Yes. Yeah, all the cool stuff is, though, isn't it? All the is cool there, stuff. Is there is. a lot of innovation in, like, inks and things going on in your industry? Is mm, not really. There's, like, two two I mean, sort of... Water-based. Yeah, I mean, water-based, which is, like, the the ink the, where the solvent in it is water, is becoming more like the, the plasticky ink, and the plasticky ink is becoming more like the water ink. They're sort of... We've had this, they're sort of meeting in the middle a bit now. Um, but... The thing with screen printing is it hasn't really changed really since it started in the 1400s and over it was with the Chinese. I, th- I, th- I think there's a lot of innovation going on with like machinery and stuff. Um, mm. And you're getting like um, hybrid printing, which is a mixture of kind of traditional screen printing and digital printing, um, which is looking pretty cool. But the machines are like a quarter of a million pound. So it's like, you know, it's, um, they're not they're not accessible to the to the general market as of such but it's 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 cool to cool to watch and cool to watch it progress i think i i think a lot of what we're seeing as kind of smaller shops or or just people in the industry of screen printing in general is digital printing is like massively on the rise so um this year we went to a conference called um printer and promotion which is all to do with like garment decoration last year me and pav also went um and it was all digital all 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 digital but, and this printing. is literally like is it is it, it's printed on in the same way as a, a yeah yeah printer. it's, a, it's literally yeah. A yeah, if you looked at, a, at an inkjet with the cartridges and you have your cmyk and stuff yeah. like that, it's the same same sort of process um you like pre-treat the t-shirts so the inks essentially stick i guess um, I'm not a digital printer, so I don't know the terminology. Don't know if you can tell. Um, but yeah, when we went, uh, I, I, I mean, saying that we went this year and we actually didn't really have a look around, did we? <laughs> we, we were there. We were that. there for two hours, and we spent an yeah. hour and forty-five of that on the on one stool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, but the Just year chatting. before, we went we went up for the full day. We got there quite early, didn't we? And we stayed overnight and went back the next day. And it was we were walking around, and every stall looked the same. It was just DTG and DTF printers and stuff like that. And it was just like, we didn't really have much of an interest in it. It's kind of like the, the technology has been there for quite a long time now, but for whatever reason, it's just had this massive boost and become so much more popular. Like I still don't think it compares to screen printing. I don't think it's anywhere near. In terms of 
quality and durability. quality longevity um i mean this cost maintenance like the, the, i think speed the, the beauty speed yeah the the beauty of screen printing i think is up until you get to like these massive automatic presses if you're in a manual setup in particular it's so low maintenance to be able to produce stuff that's a great and you can produce it in large quantities as well like i've done runs of 50 to 800 shirts on on a manual setup using my own two hands once it's set you're going it's a process driven yeah it's it's a lot of work and it's hard work physically but there's very little that can go wrong like obviously you have things that come in like angles and pressures and stuff like that blah 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 but that's just you know you kind of learn that as you become that's just time in the saddle yeah exactly but it's like once you start getting onto you know automatic machines and stuff like that and you get get into you know other techn- technological advancements like there's machinery called direct to screen which basically is putting your image directly on the screen rather than using traditional film like like this sort of thing which we expose our screens with um and it's like there's just so much more that can go wrong with it so I'm a massive lover of like being a manual setup um, for that reason, like for, for, I guess, transparency for, for you, the listeners already probably know this, but I work at another print shop as well. I work at, uh, at an automatic print shop and that's doing, you know, three, 400 shirts an hour. Right. Whereas, you know, three, 400 shirts will take me a whole day, if not a bit more um and it's seeing manufacturing on that kind of level is insane but they've had problems with the press and it's problems that i wouldn't have had in my setup you know yeah there's a reason that screen print has really stayed low tech for all these years and that's just because it it just works it just works there's you know it's just uh, back to your thing you know don't reinvent the wheel don't Mm. don't try and make things more confident they need to like yeah Mm. it's um well, I think we. Yeah. It's. I mean, I, I. I like talking to people in different industries, and the, but there seems to be that common theme of people. Of product design, trying to put more complexity into things to give a reason to sell something new, to change it, and 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 whether that's a print process or a pair of secateurs or a, the latest iphone or whatever it is 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 i just feel that sometimes we're just putting more complexity into it rather than solving yep. the issue of well let's just make the battery better and and and, and do that and, and somewhere i think we've just gone amiss and that's not me being a luddite and going i don't want technology i don't want to embrace no, things no. moving on it's just the balance seems out of of where yep. where that's been driven from it's not being yeah. driven by the guy on the end of the the, the print machine going. Actually, let's change this because it's going to be better. It's mm-hmm. possibly somebody in a marketing department or a sales guy going, "Give me these features, and I can differentiate it and sell it." In yeah, it's at the end did, of the did day, you ever hear come the, to um... us and going, "You can produce this much more per hour, per day, per month, whatever," and increase your turnover and stuff. But it's like what isn't being taken into it account is i mean well i mean obviously the cost is taken into account and the cost for these machines is very very high but it's you know you're increasing your 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 risks in terms of the things that go wrong it's like as i said like the the, the setups that both me and pav both have they're very very like analog and the we're safe <laughs> yeah they work yeah. yeah did you ever hear the um the uh 
case study about the company that made it was a it was a some cream or or toothpaste or something and it was in a cardboard box and it came in a box and the problems i had did you ever hear about this and it yeah. was um they get so they they had this it was a fully automated system they had i don't know about this because i did a um i did a short course on engineering and the the, the guy who was my tutor was basically telling us all about this and so they they had this this let's call it toothpaste toothpaste and, and it came in a little cardboard box like toothpaste does and every now and again they're getting issues where the machine that was putting the actual tube of toothpaste into the box to go for packaging was missing one every now and again so it was going all the way through the whole system the box was getting folded up right and then it was going out onto the to the customer onto the shelves and then the customer would pick one up after it'd been been through the whole system and it wouldn't have a toothpaste tube in it so they realized there was a problem so like right we need to get we need to, we need to fix this so they went and um this company who came in they analyzed the entire production process and put this system in place it cost them like hundreds of thousands of pounds where there was a very a well calibrated scale at the end and if the box went over and it didn't have the right weight in it an alarm would go off and then a system that would take the take the box off and then the guy to come and reset the alarm and make sure it was all done properly and then reset it Bosh. and for the first like six months it worked flawlessly like the, every now and again the production manager would hear the alarm go off and go, yeah, cool, go down, we'll be sorted. And then it all of a sudden it stopped working, the alarm stopped going off. And they went back and looked at all the data, and they weren't getting people saying, Oh, this tooth box, toothpaste box is empty. And the alarm wasn't going off. And they couldn't make out what the hell was going on. Anyway, they went down and watched the guy at the end of the conveyor belt, the guy whose job it was to turn the alarm off. And he was so fucked off with the alarm going off, he just put a desk fan before the weighing scales. So the desk fan was just blowing the empty box off of the conveyor belt before it got to the t- <laughs> <laughs> So they'd spent thousands yeah. and thousands of pounds fixing this problem and a guy fixed it with a 20 quid desk fan. <laughs> Genius. Genius. And that, I, I, I just think that is such a... I, I'm not entirely sure how true that story is, but I just think it's a great like example of actually the sort of world we're living in now. <laughs> just overcomplicating things for the sake of it, just just to get a consultancy fee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, have we done questions for us? Do you have any no. questions for us? <laughs> no, I, I, I was asking about yeah the print, printing. No, I'm, I'm yeah. always intrigued. It's interesting. I, I'm really into processes of how things are done. It doesn't mm. matter what industry that's in. So it's always intriguing to hear people's takes on on different industries and different uh... how, how far away are you from tom like, um, are long... we are 50 miles probably north you uh, should go down you should go down to his his setup and watch him print one day. yeah i need to i mean i did well i did it was he printing so i went i went and saw him just before he moved out of the the the, the shop cafe type so where he was out the back mm. i've not been to his new place so i need i need to go and do that yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where printing so hard to describe, even watching a video of it, you don't really fully get it. It's, but when you're standing next to someone and watch someone do it or have a go yourself, that's when you sort of fully understand what's going on and, and why it's going on. And it's just a yeah. it's just a very satisfying process. Like I, front, I can front imagine that I, I would get confused by the laying up of different colours in like looking at the negative or whatever it's called of, of going where the hell is this? Oh yeah, it'd be a nightmare for me. It, it just becomes second nature after oh. a while. You don't even realise you're doing it. It's just like, it, it's not as difficult as it looks or sounds. It can't be that difficult if us two idiots can do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So what's the what's the what's the trend colour? What's the new Kelly green or what what's gonna what's gonna what should we be buying colour wise? Well, I mean, really, it, white on black, Vin, it just never goes still in. Yeah. Vintage is still in. Yeah, white print on the black, like all yeah, like an acid wash black. Like mm. that's really yeah. acid, acid wash, stone wash. That yeah. kind of thing that always does really, really well for us. Like both from the brand side side of um, things and. Uh, the print shop as well but i'm I, getting I think... a quite a few like pastely orders coming through now not yeah, not the garment colors them. but the the ink colors like pastely sort of oh we've had, we've had quite a lot of pastely garment requests oh. which is a bit odd some they're not like really like offensive colors but it's just like are you really gonna wear that yeah it's like I, they're not very timeless pastel like, orange like, black t-shirts white t-shirts like just, just, yeah. just stick to those. Yeah, <laughs> bit more timeless. Yeah, well, I I seem, the, the one. The sorry, go on. I seem like is is white a pain to work? Are, are the lighter colours on the base products more difficult for you guys, or is the it... the whiter the ink, the harder it is to print. <laughs> not, with, not with water based. No, we're not so much with water based. With, so, with, so with the plastisol printer, and I'm primarily a water based printer. I do do plastisol yeah. as well, but and they have they have different... traditionally is a bit thinner, a bit easier to work with. But the problem is, is it dries. Plastisol doesn't. Right. You need plastisol needs to be like heat set. That's um, yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, water based, I mean, it still needs to be cured as well, but it dries naturally too, which is a a bit of a bastard, but. The result is uh, you get a, a nice soft print. So, not so you can't do that with plastic. I work for an American company called Fox Racing, so motocross and mountain bikes, um, right. clothing, and um, so we so technical technical kit, so protection helmets, gloves. But then we used to have a, a what they called a lifestyle range, which was basically a t-shirt, hoodie, and a cap, and it had a big. Foxhead logo, which was the logo, and we had like four colours, and we'd go in, we'd do the technical product, and then we'd you know, I, used to, I used to own loads of Fox stuff when I was a kid. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Mo motocross, um, yeah. motocross. No, so I was on the mountain bike side, so the non-engine side of it. But um, hmm. we used. To, I've still got some Foxhead tees from there, so they must be pushing on twenty years old. And um, but the company went through from having it as just a sort of nice add-on, really nice quality. So then we had two seasons a year, full lifestyle range. And then we ended up having four seasons a year. And at the same time, the quality, you could see the quality just being compromised. Yeah. And yeah, just a, a nightmare of stuff never making, you know, we're doing pre-orders and forward orders and lead times and just, just crazy. And I think they've gone back to just printing company logo on a range of colours mm -hmm. on on good quality but it's gone through that phase of where it where it was yeah. a fashion brand gone back to where it was hmm. i think there's a few a few brands that have done that i don't know if you remember um do you remember vision streetwear yes yeah do you, do you know who owns vision streetwear now let, let, let me take is it is it mike ashley in sports direct no walmart oh, okay sorry walmart <laughs> holy drink equivalent of it, yeah equivalent yeah. of yeah yeah they, walmart um, on asda yes yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they bought it and they, I think they tried mm. to like reboot it and uh, they basically brought out a load of shitty, cheap skateboards with it written all over the bottom and then a few T-shirts. And if it wasn't dead before that, it is 
<laughs> certainly dead now. <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 there's a quick, brand. The quick yeah. way to kill a brand is to do something, you know, inauthentically. Well, Sports Direct own, remember No Fear? Yeah. yeah they were yeah. how big they were in every of these. And yeah. that's now Sports Direct acquired mm. the brand, sort of just, yeah, I'll just mop up. Yeah. They make a jolly good mug, though, don't they? Sports Direct. Say what you want about them, but they make a bloody good mug. Good volume. Good yeah, volume I, I purely just for putting pens in more than anything. Like it's my my go-to pen mug. I got rid of mine recently. I had it on my on my uh, on my desk when I was in the office next door, um, and yeah, I've gotten rid of it. I've I've just got an assortment of of random fucking pots now. Got a, got a speaking skull. of speaking of random, should we do some random questions? Yeah, flex. All right, Ed, we're going to ask three random questions each. They're sort of quick, far esque. No, I go right? first. This time, that quick we always no. <laughs> we always get we always get confused as to who's we always first do get confused. Yeah. Go. you go, go first, Darcy. All right. Uh, what is the most bizarre object you can think to use a, as a hammer? Ooh. Bizarre object. Uh, I've got a I've got a large stone off of a beach near Whitby that's in our lounge as a doorstop. It's <laughs> being used as a uh, yeah, it's being used as a hammer. <laughs> that's a great that's a great um great hammer. Yeah, excellent. Every tool is a hammer. So every right. tool is a hammer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what is the one tool or device that you couldn't live without? One one tool, yeah, or device or something like an. Uh, it's call well, it an uh, item if you want to. Uh, pocket knife, definitely. Strong work. I, I think I'm with you there on that one. Yeah. Uh, what is your main motivation for continuing to do what you do? Oof, bigger the game, deeper. Um, <laughs> enjoyment. I actually enjoy what I'm doing for the first time in in my career. I actually, get up and actually enjoy doing things day to day um yeah so just enjoy it and and make a living at the same time excellent uh how many sloths do you think it would take to overpower darcy <laughs> it's difficult I'm, I'm trying to get a scale for me sitting down so i can only see the top half um i'm only four foot tall you're four foot tall so i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm going with probably six <laughs> Six sloths. Oh, they yeah. do move slowly as well. well they're quite, yeah. quite dense, I, I, I think. Aren't they? Oh, no, the, you know, the big ones that get covered in moss, they're quite sort of weighty, I think. Mm. They, I mean, they could just get overhead and then just let go and just land on him. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I, I think <laughs> that's, that's the only way. It's the only way a sloth could attack you would be, and it probably yeah, wouldn't be an just, attack, it would just, just be an accident. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go, I think six is a good number, though. I think even if they didn't do that. Even if there was a slow attack, I think you'd struggle to keep away from six for your entire life. Yeah, yeah that's just true. Yeah. yeah. A very slow death. <laughs> um, uh, do you have a good joke for us? Uh, no. Um, oh, come on, you got to have one. Uh, so we... We know a, 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 he's an illustrator that does a lot of pun-based cards and he did a Christmas card for us. But the, the reason we got him to do that because of around one joke and, uh, and it's, um, 
I, I went to the zoo the other day and all they had was a, was a, was a dog. It was a Shih Tzu. And that, that was one thing. So there you go. Yes. So that's... <laughs> oh, oh that's, that's I love going. that. I love that. That's great. Apart from, yeah, oh. two, fish, two fish in a tank, one turns to the other and says, do you know how to drive this? <laughs> What do you call a dog that can do magic? Don't know. A, a, a labracadabrador. <laughs> there you go. That's awful. Right, that, that's that going log. Awful. Yeah. Uh, oh. so there you go. Uh, you, you're oh, asking the questions. No. Hilarious. Is it my go again now? Uh, yeah. Okay, what is the. Uh... Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Where is your ideal holiday destination? There we go. Oof. Uh, it's probably following on from your tap water, Canada, Banff. Winter, yes. Banff, snowboarding. Ah, oh, so you're a snowboarder. Mm. Excellent, excellent. Oh, oh, my snowboards. You can see my snowboards. One of them, hold on. It's not in your pocket. No, it's over there in the corner. Oh, yeah. Okay, nice. It's, it's a yes. Oof. Yeah, that's 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 one of them. I'm a bit, bit of a hoarder when it comes to snowboarders. <laughs> uh, do you know what I really want to go? In, I think it's I think it goes through Banff. There's a um a glass roof chuchu puff that goes through, isn't there? Have you seen that? Yeah, the tra yeah, this one that goes all the, from Vancouver all the way across, isn't it? Yeah, I would, I'd love to go on that and then go yeah. snowboarding straight off. that'd be amazing? Maybe one day. Maybe yeah. one day. Uh, is it your go? Yeah, last one. Uh, what is your biggest pet peeve? Uh, the use of ampersands. Can I say that? Uh, <laughs> Do you know you where the word it? ampersand comes from? I don't even know if I'm using it correctly. So no, I mean ampersand. Yeah. Right. When they invented that thing to mean and. Yeah. Uh, it was written in the dictionary. And uh, it they've written it and, per se, as in also and, and when the dic when one of the dictionaries was reprinted, they accidentally removed the spaces, and so people were caught were basically it had this logo and then that phrase after it, and they were like oh ampersand, and that's what that's why it's called that because of because of an editorial fuck up. <laughs> there you go. Even, I, I hate it even more now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason it exists is because yeah. of somebody's somebody somebody messed up and then yeah, yeah. It's, it's only three yeah. messages just using yeah. I fucking I fucking love that that's one of my favourite facts of all time uh, last oh. question what would you call a male ladybug uh, uh, I don't I have no idea the, um, yeah <laughs> a man bug yeah I, I mean what's uh, man bug yeah I like that bug? dude bug yeah Dude bug. <laughs> that, that sounds that sounds like something from the from the Luftwaffe. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, the dude bug is coming. I shouldn't do generations. <laughs> oh, oh, look! It's the bloke insect. <laughs> um, right. Final, final few questions from us, and then we'll let you get off, mate. Um, if you weren't doing what you do now, what do you think you'd be doing? 
I would have, I think I would have loved to have been a farrier. So if, if I had it again, yeah. had it uh, uh, sort of starting again, yeah, I, that, that could be interesting. Too late now, but yeah. It's never too late. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I enjoy what I'm doing. So I wouldn't, I, you're kind of late in the sense I wouldn't want to go right, back okay. and start again. But yeah, um, but it's a long apprenticeship as well. So it's like by the time, mm. by the time you get qualified and thing, yeah, it might be a, be a short working career. Be cool though, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice work. That's, that's a really interesting answer as well. Um, uh, can you think of anyone who would be interested to hear on the pod? So there's a guy that helped helped um, us when we first started. A guy called Matt Booth. He runs a uh, a company called Both Barrels. So he, he makes. He's based in Manchester. He makes really high end. Um, wool backpacks and luggage so he's a, he's a but he's a product designer thing and both barrels is his, is his own thing but he he helped us out um doing things like tech packs and talking to some manufacturers initially when we were thinking of when we first started doing the tool rolls we we kind of had it in my head that we were going to go to a factory and get them made and we we ended up not we get them made by a, a lady up in lincoln that does it all by hand and does small batches for us but he was he he's a great guy really positive and actually probably he was probably the person that gave us a bit of a push to actually do it because at that time we were kind of going should we it's a bit of a risk and he just went hey great idea do it what's the worst that can happen you'll be left with some and you'll sell them to mates and job done um but yeah he's he's a good guy he's a good guy um and i saw him he did a presentation at manchester university a lecture which was what was it? Is it Made in Britain or Make It British? There's an organisation called Make It British that helps brands find UK manufacturers. So they put the factories and the brands together. Okay. He did a he did a presentation there and he was great. He was just really honest and open. There wasn't a lot of bullshit in branding. It was just him talking about his experiences and his design process of actually making things happen. So um, yeah, he'd be a good guy. Amazing. Let's write this all down. Uh, where can people find you? So yeah, so website tinkerandfix.co.uk. Social media wise, we're mainly on Instagram, so you'll find find us on Instagram. Um, and then yeah, shows come and find us at a show. So there's an event there's an event section on the website. So have a have a look at that, and you can find us where we'll be physically. What's um, the uh, What's the next one you're at? Uh, good question. Uh, I think we've got some gardening ones coming up. I'm just looking at the day of going there. We've got some gardening one day ones. Uh, the next big one um is tail end well beginning of autumn september so the big shows tend to be september and november we do a lot of christmas fairs oh right, cool nice cool take it away oh, Pav. final question what is the meaning of life isn't it meant to be like 42 like, like, <laughs> there we go yeah, we, haven't had one, we haven't had one for ages <laughs> you know I'm, I'm currently yeah re reading the third book of the trilogy at the moment so it's relevant and it gets okay. really, third one is really weird it's like properly now just i like, mean they're all that's is that um third one is that restaurant at the end of the universe no it's the one after that can't remember what it's called but yeah it, it, have you listened to the audiobooks no i yeah the audiobooks are I mean, i've read all the books but the audiobooks are fantastic i can't remember what the third one is now i can't remember what it is i should know because i'm reading it but it's in a big yeah. old yeah, it's a it's a big old tome, isn't it? 
<laughs> I, read, I, read, I read them when I was a teenager and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I can't remember any of these. And I'm reading, yeah. reading them now and just going, yeah, these In which case, we were 100% except you're 42 because you're actually reading the books and like yeah. it's not just like a, a flippant 42. I'm, I'm going to grab it and tell you what the books could be. It's annoying me that I, I can't... thought that was the third one. I could be, I'm obviously I'm wrong. So th this is the problem because it's it, 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 it's in a Wowza. combined mm. job. All of that, it's just the number 42 over and over again. Life, life <laughs> the universe, and everything. And everything. Yeah. 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 So that, that there's some light reading. You see how that, I've probably been reading that for about 18 months now. But That's well, right. There's no rush with books. Exactly. They don't go anywhere. They don't run out of battery. You're, you're fine. Yeah, you don't get spoilers on Facebook every time you go on and you start watching a new series, and it's like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you seen the Have you seen the book called Tools that the guy from the repair shop's done? No, I do like the guy from the repair shop though. Yeah, I uh, do. Dominic, whatever. It's a good it, again. That's knocking around. That it's it's actually really good because some books on tools are shit. They're just like mm. not they, and that's really nicely illustrated and well written. I don't know mm. if he's actually written it himself or whether yeah it's been done. Have, have you have you got the Adam Savage book? Every tool is a hammer. Yeah, I have. Do you know what? I don't think I've finished that. Well, I don't. I've read it, but I actually use it as like a manual. I go back and flick through and like, like what did, what did he say was a good way of doing this? And like, what's his philosophy on this? That's how I sort of use it now. It's almost yeah. like a workshop manual rather than an actual like sit down and read it cover to cover sort of book. And there's another one, I can't remember, there's another book called Exactly, which is the history of, this sounds really dull, standardisation of, of threads and the whole Whitworth Imperial metric thing and talking about precision engineering. It, it really interesting. Amazing. Because obviously factories, when they first did, were all they would all make, there was no universal There's There's no, there no standardisation or anything, was there? One factory would make its own machinery and it had, there was no form of interconnectivity between them. So, yeah, just an interesting one. That's if you like dull books about engineering. I, I like all books. There is no bad book. Or maybe mine yeah, camp is not that great. Maybe the Twilight Saga, something like that. Well, yeah. you're well into your Fifty Shades of Grey, aren't you, Pav? Mate, I'm reading it. I'm all I'm thinking about it is now. I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey is basically your beard. <laughs> That's not very. It's so mean to me. It's so mean to me, <laughs> mate. You call me Captain Haddock on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do look like Captain Haggart from. Um... What's the reference? Captain Haddock. Well, I'm, I'm missing from, this from Tintin. Oh, I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm there now. Sorry. Don't you join in, Ed. No, no, I would never call you that. But yeah. <laughs> it's very Captain Haddock. It's the beard. Oh. It's the jet black beard that you obviously just yeah, remends because yeah. no one of his age has a beard that black. Mm. We, uh, random, random thing. I'm, I'm working with a French guy once. He, we were somewhere on a sales meeting and he was talking about Ran Tan Tan, this comic book called Ran Tan Tan. And there was two of us sat there going, what the hell is Ran Tan Tan? And it took us about an hour to work out that that was... Rin Tin Tin. Rin Tin Tin. I'm just going, what the hell is Ran Tan Tan? So it's all, now it's just Ran Tan Tan. Ran Tan Tan. I bet he didn't have an accent as well, didn't he? While holding a baguette. Yeah, he and, was very, he was and... very funny. <laughs> 
A beret and a curled moustache. Yeah. Oh, bless him. If there's one thing I like, it's a European stereotype. <laughs> We've done German. You did German earlier. We've done the French. Um, we do some the international more. reach of your podcast is being diminished all the time. It, it, well, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's, well, it's all right. I, I, I grew up in France and, and perhaps half Italian, so we've... <laughs> there we, yeah, we, 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 we've lost that audience already. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, fuck them. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, brilliant. All right. Anyway, uh, um, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Yeah, we thanks. Really, I really, really appreciate, appreciate your time. I had a great time. Yeah, nice to meet you, bud. No worries. All the best. You look after yourself. You too. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye now. Take care, mate. Have a good one. Bye-bye.